The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to plainstalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one man. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. But in their deck, that's better than Ancestor yep. Recall. God, nothing kills you better than, than a hard cast ever cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We are proud members of the Planestalkers Podcasting Network, and we are here to talk magic. Matt, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Had to work today. Normally my day off, but no biggie. Went and ran route, came home. Got stuck on the interstate for 40 minutes because of an accident. I got pictures of it. There was a semi-trailer that got hit hard. Like, it's got, like, a lot of damage to the trailer, and then... A couple hundred feet north of that, there's just a wad of red metal. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that was, but it's not what it was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so hopefully everybody was okay. I don't know anything about it because, yeah. like, uh, obviously I hasn't made the news. It's not something I really check out or anything. I just got stuck in the traffic. But whew, I was just like, I really hope everybody in that red vehicle, whatever it was. <laughs> Assuming it was a vehicle. <laughs> It used to be <laughs> that red sedan or van or. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell. Like, yeah. it's just a hunk of painted red metal. Well, I, yep. I so. cer- certainly hope everybody's OK. I never wish it never wish that kind oh, of harm no, on anybody. That's well, I mean, you and I drive for a living. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things, you know, like I see that and I go, well, that could have been me if mm-hmm. I was doing this 20 minutes ago. We we probably see more potential accents than anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously other drivers do, but like I was talking to you how one of the as I drive on a college campus, I almost saw like an SUV or van just get destroyed yesterday. Yep. Cuz they just pulled out in front of It was I was funny cuz I was sitting in my truck parked and I saw the van on the crossroad or a vehicle, like it was a car or a van pull out and start going like 10 miles an hour. And I was like, oh, whatever, loser. And then I heard the whoa, 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 whoa of mm-hmm. wheels coming behind oh, me. And God. I was like, that vehicle is going really fast for how slowly that, <laughs> that vehicle's going. Yeah. And very luckily, everybody stopped in time and nothing crazy happened. But like, it was it was scary. For anybody who cares, I know there's a couple people that I've heard from that enjoy hearing about it. Still playing Final Fantasy 11. And by that, he means literally like three. Hey. I'm not going to leave those three people hanging. <laughs> no man left behind. None. <laughs> we we Final Fantasy XI fans are white knuckling it. So I've just been playing this through the storyline uh, missions for that. Uh, it unlocks some content at max level. You can basically go back and replay the old boss fights from the storylines uh, at like the current item level. So you can fight them on like a very hard difficulty and they drop like best in slot gear and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of ticking that off the list. Yeah, I... I didn't really do a whole lot. There's that's and kind of quiet. Yeah, it's just kind of a quiet week. Well, with, with so where we live, campus is getting going again, yeah. and the week leading up to it is starting to get busier. Like a lot of the campus buildings turn back on, so we've kind of gone from having a lot more downtime to slowly picking up and kind of devoting more time to work to keep everything working right. Yep. How about you, Jake? So last week, technically, was the week I went on leaving a legacy podcast. I went on there on Monday, and we had to have their episode come out on Friday. So hopefully, if you're here, you got to listen to that episode. Uh, we recommend people check out lots of podcasts. Basically, anything we listen to, we we rep on our show. And Leaving a Legacy is one of the podcasts I listened to, like, in the beginning. Yeah. So, I definitely would go check them out, especially because you can listen to me on it. Yeah. 
But you, even you, you said you didn't really listen to it much. You listened to it to hear my episode, and you actually ran them yeah, on that, play. Yeah, so I listened to your appearance on there, and like, I was like, holy crap, I don't listen to a ton of Magic podcasts, and part of the reason why, like, I've toned down how much I listen to, basically because I don't want anything I'm talking about here to be colored by what I've heard other people's content, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. Like, I don't want to be parroting other people's opinions and whatnot, so like, I consume the news and the media but then I just kind of let all that kind of like bubble in my head until it all comes spewing out into this mess. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was like, well, I want to support Jake. I want to check out his episode, make sure he did a good job. <laughs> wink, wink. And don't worry. He did. He, you, you did a fantastic job. Like I said, I thought it, it sounded very natural. Like, you know, you did great. But then I was just like, wow, I really just didn't really like these guys on leaving the legacy. I just yep. listened. I just listened to the old episodes and just started going back to them. So like those guys are great. Yeah. If, I had you, a lot of fun. if you already don't, Check them out. And yes. if you do and you are coming over to us from Jake's appearance, welcome to Cantrip Cartel. Yeah, we're super happy to have you. And we hope yeah. you'll stick around and hang out with us while we talk a bunch of shit about legacy and do a lot of yelling at the sky. Right. <laughs> but if you came from leaving a legacy. Middle aged men yell at the clouds. <laughs> you're kind of used to that. That's kind of a yeah. thing. It's, you know, you can, uh, you know, instead of listening to Pat and Jerry bit, uh, banter about Eve and sports. You can listen to Matt talk about Final Fantasy XI and me whine about chess. Yep. <laughs> it's almost the same. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Other than that, my week's been pretty dull. Uh, same thing. It's been working a lot. Kind of getting caught back up. I forgot how much I hate stairs. Yep. A lot of the kids leave, and so I don't have to do nearly as many, like, second and third floors. And the number of people that have come back and uh, are clearly restocking their pantries and ordering 40-pound Costco boxes, 50-pound Costco boxes. Mm-hmm. A lot. <laughs> yeah. I saw your truck this morning. I was like, woo. Yeah. So I saw boxes. Been getting through that. And it's it's one of those things. It's it's job, you know. It just is what it is. But I don't think we've done anything particularly interesting the last couple of weeks. Just trying to stay caught up with work. Before we hop into the metas this week, I do want to give a big shout out to the Planes Talkers Podcast. Like I said before, we are proud members of the Planes Talkers Podcasting Network and our mothership show. The Planes Talkers Podcast, led by Will and Aramis, is mainly a standard-oriented podcast that also dabbles into Commander. You should check them out on Mondays around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard at twitch.tv forward slash Planes Talkers Podcast to check out their live stream episode before they post it on Wednesdays. And if you check them out on Wednesday... You can uh, watch them play Commander over Spell Table. Now, if you want to play Commander with them, hop on their Discord, discord.planesuckerspodcast.com. And pretty much every week they save a spot for just anyone that wants to hop in and play some Commander. But while you're there, make sure and hop over to our Discord channel and shoot us a hello. All right, Matt, how is Legacy looking this week? This particular challenge looks better. It's marked improvement over last week. And the last couple of weeks haven't looked too bad. Yeah, they they have been, they've been they've been tainted with Delver. Yeah, but we've we've seen the control decks making appearance, and we even see the odd mid range deck here or there. Now, not necessarily a traditional mid range deck, but they've existed. It's one of those things. There's so many moving parts, but yeah, the, like blue red Delver in is clearly the best thing to be doing. It's still the most represented deck in the top thirty two. Uh, this particular challenge, it didn't top eight, but I mean, there's just as any like high level magic player knows there's so much variance in magic. Mm -hmm. So I am not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Nope. Absolutely and I'm going to be very happy that we had, even if we'd seen one or two, like we didn't see a ton of blue red delve in the top eight. We didn't even see a ton of it in the top 32. So as we've said, we will not draw any conclusions, good or negative from this, but we will kind of take it yeah. at face value that it's kind of cool to yeah, see that. Well, that's the thing. It's cool this week. I hope it continues. The only thing that makes me disappointed like this, I'm not disappointed to see good 
diversity in a top 32 or anything. But a lot of times this gets these kind of things get used as ammunition against fixing a format mm -hmm. where people be like, oh, well, I mean, this week was fine. Yep. And it's like, well, the past six months have been dominated by one deck. So, like, again, the, we've said it multiple times. Don't draw conclusions from one tournament. But I think we've got the trend. Mm -hmm. We should be happy when these things show up, but we shouldn't forget the trend of what's happened. Unless we can start getting more and more of these, then we can, you know, talk about maybe leaving the format alone a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do our normal top eight. Shout out to Ziggy Stardust for winning with Jeskai Control. Yes. This is a really cool list. It's something uh, we talked about it last week. The Hole Breacher Days Undoing combo is something Jake and I both were big fans of. Mm -hmm. um, when Hole Breacher was spoiled, we both kind of like brewed around with it a little bit, but it never really, really went anywhere. It was just one of those kind of combos that was looking for the right shell. And I think you actually put together a very similar list it, early on when it came out, didn't you? I did. I was tooling around with, I was trying to make Leyline of Anticipation good. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's not. Yep. But. That's just a running joke between it was, me and Jake. It was It was also in the Oko era. Yeah. And so that, that really helped kind of hold it back. Um, it was funny though. So I built the combo and then put Oko and Uro in it because I, I basically put because green in it. why wouldn't you? Because why wouldn't you? And so I didn't even think about running at the time to Fairy. Because I was already splashing into green for Uro. Yeah. And Uro was was kind of hard to cast. So I didn't want to go three colors. I always like being a little insulated against Wasteland or Back to Basics, which at the time, Back to Basics was everywhere. Yeah. So I built mine as a Simic style deck with it with I mean, with just worse cards. Yeah. But I tried it. And so it's cool to see someone who's better come and really finalize a powerful iteration. Yeah. So let's go over it a little bit. Creatures. We've got Snapcaster Mage, pretty standard for these kind of lists. He kind of like waxes and wanes a little bit in popularity, uh, but there's just no denying the fact that like getting to recast your uh, Swords to Plowshares or your Brainstorms and whatnot yep. are very good. I think I think in these control decks is where he shines the most, just because yeah. you have the time to use him. Because yeah. you think about Brainstorm for three mana isn't that good, or you know even Ponder for three mana really isn't that good. And so you're taking you're probably taking your entire turn to do it. And most of the time in the game, that's not worth it. Yeah. Until the end of the game. Exactly. When we're both top decking, we have one or two cards, you know, top decking a Snapcaster Mage. Or if you have a Snapcaster Mage and top decking some usable cantrip is amazing. Yes. Where you can just get immediate Use value. It and then snap it back. Yeah. And it's huge. That can be, I mean, that in and of itself can just take over again. Yep. It can completely change the course of a game but, when you just get to draw several cards. But like most games where, you know, if it ends by turn five or six, your Snapcaster I didn't do much. Right. I mean, it, there's, I mean, plow, snap, plow is definitely very real, but yep. the value train of it just isn't nearly as good until you start pushing it into the later games. Something like a control deck likes to do. Yep. So as far as the other creatures, we've just got three whole breachers, seven planeswalkers, three Narset, Parter of the Veils. So that's one of the combos in here. Yeah. So you get whole breacher and Narset. Well, they're, they're interchangeable. Yeah, they're interchangeable. So we've got those two. So you've got six total on that side of it, where uh -huh. your opponent can't draw more than one card. Then we've got four Teferi, uh, as Jake and I discussed. Teferi is fantastic in this deck. I yep. mean, he's very good in Legacy right now in general. 60% of the meta is running four Force Wills and probably, I mean, 60% of the meta is blue. Yeah. Like, it was, well, it's some number of Forces, and 50% was running Force Negation. And right. our argument was, by the time you're running Force Negation, you probably have four Force of Wills. Correct. So most uh, half or more decks in the meta, or in this top 32, had between five and six force wills. Right. So Teferi just becomes amazing in those yep. matchups. Either you pay three, 
and they chuck their force of will in another blue card. Cool. You two for one them. It's divination at that point. Not a great card, but you're at least ahead on cards, uh, which again, not that it's not important, but control decks, typically speaking, aren't as concerned with the tempo side of the game. A lot of times it boils down to just raw card advantage. So going down a card against a control deck is one of the last things you want to do. <laughs> not, and then he protects your combo by making your combo uncounterable. And he's just a, he's almost always a two for one. Like if you don't just screw up when you play him, he's either going to stick around forever mm -hmm. or be a two for one. So have you ever cast a fairy time raveler? No, I play elves. I'm telling you what, man, I played against it a lot. Nothing feels better than playing a competitive game and having a Teferi on the board. It's just like, I'm not, especially like, I'm not scared of it. I'm Everything literally scared of nothing. resolves. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole, like, you know, you play it the first turn. If they don't kill it, because like, let's, I get to untap with it. I mean, there's, you, you literally can't do anything. Yep. And just the whole, like, just the idea of sitting there to play solitaire with my deck. It's, it feels like playing on God mode. Yep. So, I mean, I, I run two or three in most of my decks. I've slowly been bumping it from three to four or, you know, from two to three to three to four. Cause the, the card is just so stinking good. And it's, it's hard to resolve. Three mana can be hard to resolve, especially in a days format. But I tell you what, man, you get it down. Yeah. If they don't daze it, you then just, you almost don't feel that bad about it. It feels like you're cheating. Yeah. And especially something like this where, well, I mean, it, it fundamentally changes the aspect of the game. Like yeah. you, you and your opponent playing at instant speed is what kind of what makes yes. magic magic. The stack is one of the biggest innovations and the ability to respond to your opponent is one of the biggest innovations that separates magic from all other TCGs. Now, others have come after magic and tried to replicate it in one way or another. Yeah. But, and then when you just play Teferi and you're like, you don't get to play at instant speed anymore. It literally the reason I got banned out of standard. It got banned out of standard months before, uh, like a month or two before rotation, just because... They, I, they, I believe they cited in some capacity. It just creates unfun play patterns that people in standard didn't want to deal with. And they were right because it's kind of bullshit. Yep. And then the people in legacy just accept the fact that there's cards that are on. We, we have bullshit in legacy. That's kind yep. of what it is. If you yeah. can, if you can chalice me on turn one for one, then you can Teferi all day. Yeah. I, yeah, you're going to, yeah, I don't complain about these, a three drop right. like this. Teferi wouldn't make sense as an asymmetrical effect. But in general, I prefer these things yes. as symmetrical effects. And that's what it should be. I And I fully agree. Like, Teferi feels like you're playing on with cheat mode, cheat codes on. It should be symmetrical or more symmetrical or something. Like, I I don't like those ones. I don't like, oh, who said this? I don't like non-symmetrical effects below four mana. I think one, an interesting way to do it would have been make him symmetrical and his plus one turns it off for you. Yes. I think that yeah, would have been, been good. Uh, whether or not, I mean, obviously it makes the card worse. Yep, And I don't know if it would see play after that, but I think that would be an interesting tweak because it's it still has the exact same flavor mm -hmm. where it's like everybody slow down and then you're yep. like, nope, except yeah. you. Get if, to... you if you want to draw a card with it, yeah, then you have to be stuck underneath it. Correct. Which would mean it would draw a lot less cards. Correct. So, Or it would get played in a lot of different decks. You wouldn't play it in your six Force of Will deck. Yeah. Just I feel, I feel bad. We've talked so much about this. In case you don't know the combo, before we run through card for card, the combo is... Hull Breacher or Narset, which basically have the ability of your opponent can't draw cards. Yeah. Hull Breacher says no cards. Narset says more than one card a turn. And you pair it with Day's Undoing, which is a three mana, uh, it's a three mana wheel. Yeah. That essentially you both discard. It's time twister. You both uh, shuffle up yeah. and draw a fresh seven. But if you have Narset out, we both shuffle up. I draw seven, you draw one. That's the combo. Yeah. So I, if someone's listening to me like, guys, shut the fuck up. How does this combo <laughs> no, work? No, we're doing 
10 more minutes on Teferi. <laughs> yeah, before we get to the, the key part of this, yes. the, the Day Breacher deck. That was where I was going to go next, but I wanted to talk about Teferi because he's very good and just an interesting well, card. That, and like, so this is... But one of the things I wanted to bring up, we're just going to wrap around because the rest of the deck is just normal blue-white stuff, Brainstorm, Ponder, Sword, stuff like that. One of the interesting things about Days Undoing is the if it's your turn in the turn clause. Mm -hmm. And then the thing that I really like about, this is very obvious, but about Teferi, is it allows you to do that on their turn. Mm -hmm. So you can combo off it on their end step or at the end of their main two or their or draw phase. Right. You can, like, you can time walk them. They still get to take their turn because it's like, if it's your turn, yeah. it's in the turn, but you don't, you're not subject to time walking yourself yeah. or whatever. Time stopping yourself. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, he has so many interesting ways of interacting with this deck yeah. that I just, he's just, he's cool. Again, he's nothing yep. new. It's just the particulars of a control deck with a combo finish, I think really allowed Teferi to shine. Yeah. And I Which think, is why there's no Jace in the deck. I think Teferi does so much work in this deck because one, he's a must counter spell. And that's when they, it just, it's like Glimpse and Delves. It just draws the counter spell. Yep. If you have it, if you have it to fairy, they have to have multiple counter spells because this one's taking the first one. Yep. Or the other ones aren't going to resolve. Or they don't matter. And then the other thing about it is, if you look at the combo piece, this is a six mana combo. If you want to do it all at once, yep. now usually you don't. But yeah. you're looking at three mana for Hole Breacher and then three mana for Days Undoing. Relatively expensive in a Wasteland and Days meta. Correct. So he comes in and just kind of cleans the way and just makes sure you're not going to get hosed immediately. Just by Because you're committing a lot of resources. You have to commit a lot of resources to having the whole Breacher and Narset out, which are relatively easy to remove, and then resolving a three-mana sorcery, which yeah. can be very difficult. Yep. I think he very much, like, like well, I'll tell you, mine didn't have Teferi Time Raveler, and it was way worse. <laughs> and it's got Shark Typhoon. And it so has Prismatic Ending. Yeah. So, again, super cool deck. Super excited to see Control win mm -hmm. a challenge. Yep. For a couple weeks, Control was just kind of like nowhere to be seen. So this deck gets to do a cool thing that I've done once or twice, and it's one. It's also one of the most fun things to do. So you can Teferi Plus, and then on their turn, you can snap Prismatic Ending. Nice. It's just, <laughs> it just feels wrong. <laughs> it just feels wrong to play Snapcaster and Prismatic Ending their thing out right. of your graveyard at instant speed. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. It's just excited to see Control doing well. Uh, yeah. Control was all over this. Got, what, three Control decks in the top top eight? Like, that's more yeah. than we've seen in a while. I mean, if you count Death and Taxes as a Control deck, you'd say yeah. four. And Death and Taxes is kind of control-y. Oh, yeah, well, I but... mean, fundamentally, Death and Taxes is a Control deck. It plays the Control deck in yeah. most matchups. Like, um, for, it just doesn't play the traditional draw-go type of game. For how barren we've been for a Control deck, they have, they're really showing up in space. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time we saw Death and Taxes in the top eight? It's been a while, no, and it, which is it, and Death and Tax has even been in a good spot. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Like, that's one of the things that's worrying me about. I mean, I think we're all at the point where I don't know of any like real, like hardcore legacy grinders or serious content creators or anything. They don't think something needs to change. Now, there's plenty of bickering as to what, but it's pretty universal that something needs to go or be unbanned or both, right? So, like, Blue Red Delver is everywhere, and the deck that is supposed to prey upon that is nowhere to be seen. Like, that's a problem. That should be a red flag in and of itself. Like, if Death and Taxes, it should be, like, Blue Red Delver on the top of the metagame summary, and then Death and Taxes right beneath it. They should be fighting each other. <laughs> right. And it's, we, there's, there's one. One Death and Taxes list in the top 32. Like, that yeah. should tell you what's, something's wrong. So, anywho, Doomsday, 
second and third. Mm -hmm. These lists are slightly different. I'm not going to lie to you. Don't know enough about Doomsday to really. Yeah, the I, like I I understand the deck, but I I'm not the an expert on it, so I can't go can't go. Hey, this is ran in this particular deck for this particular yeah. reason. You know what I mean? You could you could easily find a ten page paper on how to build the five most common Doomsday piles. Right. Let alone play the deck as a whole. Hey, it, Doomsday we talked about. Doomsday is probably one of the most powerful combo decks in Legacy. It's just very difficult to play and very like. But when piloted perfectly, it's probably one of the best decks, if uh -huh. not the best. The only thing, and this is, I'm, <laughs> the problem is piloting a deck with uh, 12 one-ofs is pretty hard. Right. So there's a card in here called Ideas Unbound. And mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a, it's a staple for Doomsday. It's in both lists. And I'm not a Doomsday expert. This isn't about this card or in this deck. It's just about why I love magic. Like, if you look at Ideas Unbound, that card sucks. Yeah. But because of magic and legacy in particular's depth, width, and complexity, you can see cards like Ideas Unbound play, see play. Mm -hmm. Like where you're just like, why? Yep. <laughs> but you know exactly why, because in this particular scenario, it does a very important thing very well. It's a great card. Yep. It sees zero play in any other format in any other deck. Yep. And it's just what I love about it, magic. I think it's it's just you know it's just one of the most efficient ways to get through to get three cards. Correct. The least amount of mana to get three cards into your hand without putting anything yep, back because the discard doesn't matter. It doesn't. So and the uh, I think you know the the ability to cast ideas ideas unbound, crack your lion's eye diamond, deal up with three cards and three mana in the pool. Right. Which is like, just it does so much stuff, and it's just that's what I love about magic, and it's one of the reasons why I play legacy as opposed to other formats because like. That card just, I mean, I can tell you, that card saw, saw no play in Standard when it was legal. Mm -hmm. It would see no play in Standard today. It would see, realistically, probably no play in Modern. The only place it's going to see play is Legacy and potentially Vintage, because you need to be doing very technical, very, like, it needs to have that exact purpose. Mm -hmm. just, of, just churning through it, cards as fast as possible. Correct. Well, and another, I mean, the perfect, another great example of that is, like, in uh, Dredge, like Stinkweed Imp and gra uh, what's the what's, Grave Troll? Another example of this is in uh, Legacy Dredge. There's a card called Breakthrough. It's X and one blue. Draw four cards and then choose X cards in your hand and discard the rest. Oh, that's... that's But in their deck, that's better than Ancestral yep. Recall. <laughs> like, that also saw play in the Madness decks. Because right. the same thing, like yep. it's the the discarding... When you make that discarding thing a feature and not a... And not a bug or a downside. Not a downside, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I love in the... Like, again, that card, it didn't see a ton of play when it was printed, uh, if I remember correctly. That's, uh, yeah, it's Torment. So, like, Madness and Threshold decks were around, mm -hmm. but again, the just downside of that. The upside wasn't there to yeah. cover the downside. When you can dredge 20 cards into your graveyard, <laughs> when that's one blue, draw 20 yep. in one particular deck, that's so interesting. And you don't see that kind of stuff in most other card games, because... One, the, most other card games just don't have the 25,000 cards that Magic has, the, you know, the 25 yep. years of Magic that there is. And I just, I love that about Magic. Yeah. So, again, I don't want to rant too, you know, wax nostalgic here about that stuff. But that's what I love about Magic, is cards like that. It's funny you bring that up. I went on a tangent last night on TCG with old cards that shouldn't do a thing. Mm -hmm. Or, like, they shouldn't exist. And I went ahead and stocked my binder with some cards. It's just like, this shouldn't. Oh, and, and they're just sitting there waiting yep. for another card 
to interact not with even them. that i'm just i'm excited to play them in commander and like just fuck people's day up give us one example jake like the one that i i bought and i've been meaning to buy forever and they're like 50 cents i had to buy them naked singularity What's that do? You don't know what Naked Singularity does? Not off the top of my head. It's okay. Nobody knows what Naked Singularity does off their head. So Ice Age, five mana artifact with cumulative upkeep three. Ugh. Instead of their normal mana, planes produce red, islands oh, produce yep. forest, <laughs> swamps <laughs> produce <laughs> white, mountains produce blue, and forests produce black. <laughs> I have to have, they're 50 cents. I have to put these, like, I just want to put these in commander decks and just ruin people's day. You know what would be fun? To build like a a Narset uh, commander, the Jeskai one, I can't remember her sub name or whatever. Yeah, and just instead of flipping extra turns and extra combats, just flip stuff like yep. that, where you're just like not even like because people have built like chaos decks around it, where it's just like stupid stuff yeah. happens, like stuff like that, where it's like here's a list of magic's mess ups. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I like I'm I just want to cast that and be like, good luck, losers. Yeah, have, have fun. fun tracking that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the, you're playing Slivers? Yeah. The other <laughs> one I bought just for funsies was Hall of Gemstone, which is also amazing. Yeah, the uh, lands yeah. tap. You had to pick a color yes. on your upkeep and lands tap. Everyone picks it. You pick one color on your upkeep, and until the end of your turn, that's what everyone's lands Oddly tap enough, for. That's a reserve list card. Oh, is it? Yep. Well, they're only 17 bucks, so I bought yeah, one. It's a, yeah, I've got one. It's very good in, in mono green EDH. Yep. It's just most people don't play mono green exactly. EDH. It's just that's one of those things. That's like I just want to slam these and be like these cards that just shouldn't exist or just do slam stupid both things. of those. I know. I was talking <laughs> so to my which wife. Color are you I was talking to my wife. I was like I don't even know how these interact with each other. <laughs> but see, that's the that's what I was getting at. And I know this is a huge tangent. Yeah. That, you know. Don't worry, guys. We'll talk about metas at some point. Yeah. Uh, Blue red Delver, play that. <laughs> but like that's what I love. That's yeah. what I. And if we want to bring it back to legacy, that's the problem with cards like Ragavan. Yeah. Ragavan is the complete opposite of something like Breakthrough or Days Undoing, where there's these cards are incredibly powerful in a yep. very narrow, very like they're very niche, niche cards. Ragavan's just one mana to just do everything do you want to do things. in a game of magic. Well, it boils back to the there's a phrase we've used. You're wrong if you're not playing Ragavan. Right. You are Half the time you're wrong if you're playing breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're definitely it's like wrong. Complete if, opposite. You're definitely wrong if you're playing Hollow Gemstones. Yeah, you but, need a reason to run these cards, yeah. and they're far more interesting than the stuff it, like Ragavan. The best example that we always draw on is you're wrong. Oh, sorry. It, it's you're wrong if you're if you're not playing Ragavan, but like Allosaur Shepherd. Yep. Like that card, you're not right or wrong if you're playing either way. And like like it you have to have a really good reason yeah. to play that. You should be playing it in elves. You probably shouldn't play it in anything else. Yeah. If you have a good reason to play it, it's an amazing card that is borderline unreplaceable. But if you don't have a really good reason to play it, you don't want it. Anywho, uh after <laughs> the second and third for Doomsday, we've got Reanimator. Yeah. Reanimator's still doing its work. Uh DN Solver. Black Red Reanimator. We've yep. got four chancellors back in the main, as they should be. And um, it moved his thought seizes, thought seizes to the no side. No thought seizes in the main. Yep. Well, that's that's the switch we were seeing last week where some guys were bringing in their thought seizes in the main yep. and kicking the chancellors to the side. This guy yeah. was like, I want my chancellors in the main and my thought seizes in the side. The common split we <clears> usually <throat> see is uh, two grief, four unmask, and two thought seizes. Yeah. And credit where credit's due. DN Solver, I guess, solved it with four grief and four unmask. So running eight unmask effects. It's happening, man. Just it's I'm I'm this is happening whether you want it or not. This will not be over quickly. You will not enjoy it. <laughs> right. 
Uh, still than, got the white for Serenity in the sideboard. Yeah, a, a relatively standard. Yep. I mean, like the the reanimator sideboard isn't set in stone, other than it ha- the the reanimator sideboard has ideas set in stone. Yes, like things you have, like the There's ideas problems of, to solve. Yes, the same problems are always the answers to the same problems are always there. The specific answers are different. You know, wears and tears, shenanigans, thoughts. He says, coffin purges, serenities, blah blah blah. Yeah. They, a lot of these are different, but they're solving the same problem because there's only one problem Reanimator wants to solve, and it's it's get that graveyard hate out of my way. Yep, or potentially even faster combo decks. Yeah, yes, exactly. That just don't care about what it's doing, which yep. there's only a couple. But they are, they're there. They Correct. exist for sure. I mean, I, I've lost plenty of games with a Grizzlebrand on the board. Yeah. I mean, if someone just storm counts 20, you're dead. Like, or storm counts 10. Yep. Like, who cares? <laughs> In fact, if you've Grizzlebrand, there's a solid yeah. chance you're not at 20. <laughs> Turns out storm count 4 is good enough. <laughs> yeah. Dark ritual, dark ritual, dark ritual tendrils <laughs> cool <laughs> oh uh after reanimator we've got just guy control again um this one is not running a combo finish nope this is the this is the just guy control I, I i own an almost identical version of the, this is the just guy control i love to play the cool thing about the control lists and legacy is there's such a wide variety of ways to end the game the like your control stuff is pretty stock you've got your you've got your cantrips you're normally running at least eight sometimes up to 12 with uh brainstorm ponder and preordain uh prismatic ending is now basically a shoe in um it's earned its slot months ago along with um swords to plowshares then you've got four force of wills and then some number of force of like that stuff almost never changes and then from there you get to pick like how you want the middle of the game to go yep the middle and end game middle to the end yeah yeah like that's your those are your find your find your answers and, and use your answers. And then how do you want to accrue extra value? This is with using Narset and the, the three fairy yep. uh, time raveler and ending the game with something like Monastery Mentor or Jace. Yeah, Monastery Mentor really can end the game fast. <laughs> One of my favorite ways to end a game yeah, is to go, you know, Monastery Mentor, Ponder, Force of Will, and then just oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. That's a heck of a lot of one yeah. ones with prowess. It's hard to keep track of everything. Too. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's it's nice to do on a, yeah, on MTGO. So the first turn you make a bunch of tokens, and the next turn you're making your tokens bigger, and you're making more tokens. Uh-huh. So yeah. I have a stack of uh, the 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 Force of Will card game. There's a separate uh, yep. CCG that's mm-hmm. Force of Will has some really cool like uh, monk anime tokens, and I have like a stack of anime tokens that I, I like to use. Just your mentor tokens? Yep, my mentor tokens. Again, happy to see Control doing well. It's something we've been missing for yep. several weeks. The, the only weird thing I see in this list from a standard Jeskai Control list, other than some of the numbers being tweaked, is Wall of Omens. And just a two-mana zero-four that replaces itself. Just a good card in most matchups right now. Like, it stands in front of almost anything on the ground. Yep. Immediately replaces itself. I guess this isn't running. I was saying this is running Solitude. So it's basically all it does is just a 0-4 that stands in front of crap and draws you a card. Yeah. And Wall of Omens is seen play in Modern and in Standard when it was legal. Like, it is a very good card. Also, it's all play in my EDH Walls deck. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Yep. <laughs> Hyper competitive play there. I mean, in fairness, made the list. <laughs> Arcady's making it a two mana four four. Yeah, that Not bad. Deck was so fun to play. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, guess I'll spend three mana to kill your one mana six six wall, Matt. <laughs> because if I don't, it's just gonna beat it's me to death. It's gonna kill me in three yeah. turns. Yeah, Wall of Omens is cool. Got a little bit. Uh, we got one Jace. Yeah, I, so, again, none of it's spice. It's just yep. This the, is all within. 
uh, normal numbers it, of control. It cards. does have one back to basics. I saw that. I'd, yeah, I'd so, run two. Yep. Like I would if I built this deck, I would run two. I think back to basics is really strong right now. I mean, case in point, three color, three color, three color, three color. Right. Death and taxes, four color. Right. Cloud post. <laughs> so speaking of death and taxes, up in six, we've got death and taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Yorion. Let's see if there's anything here. This is the list running Urza Saga, which is fairly typical, but not 100% with Yorion. Anything you see spicy? One timeless dragon. That's not necessarily spicy, but again, yeah, death and taxes, it's hard. Like, it's very hard. There's almost no, like, list, right? Mm-hmm. It's not something like Blue Red Delver, which is a, I don't want to say solved, but pretty close to solved, right? Death yep. and taxes has the core of the deck and some flex slots. So there's two things here that I see that break out of standard. And, you know, we're really nitpicking a deck saying there's two things. Cathar Commando has been kind of a mainstay in yeah, these decks. Yeah, he's been... Uh, just as a, a little, like, I think he's a three-mana 3-1 three, or a two-mana 3-1, something like that. But he had he has Disenchant for one on a stick. So it, it's not an ETB, so it gets around, like, Torpor Orb. Um, it gets around, like, Chalice, obviously. So the, uh, the Cathar Commando not being there is kind of a thing. He is in the side. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yes. So, he's, he's, but he is he is frequently main decked. Yes, and there are um, only four wasteland. There's no field of ruin, and that's a yeah. really common thing we see in these eighty card lists. They want to bump two to four field of ruins. Yes, just just to get some more land destruction. That you know, there's so many lands in in Legacy where even if you do get a basic, it's not Dark Depths or it's yeah, it's not Caracas. You know, so those are the only two things I see on here that are like. It's kind of different. There, I love seeing the eight ten split planes and snow covered planes for maximum value. Just yep. like, <laughs> cool. Other than that, though, I don't see anything ton. Well, that uh, really ton started to see play. Like, is there anything currently where that matters? Uh, they started doing that with predict. Miracles was starting to run predict, yep. and so you didn't want to get like the most common thing to name just because there's you know twenty of them in your deck or whatever. It's planes, right? Mm-hmm. Against death and taxes. Death and Taxes players started to run snow-covered planes and planes. I'm curious if that I don't there's, if there's anything I'm just not thinking of. Like if you you know let us know in the Discord or whatever. If there's if there's a reason that I'm not thinking of to split now. Yeah, I don't think there's a reason to split uh, regular and snow-covered, but you people know people get in the habit. I'm dumb, and yeah, people get in the habit. It's the number of times I registered for leagues and stuff after the Elko era and still had snow bases in all my decks. Yeah, just because. So yeah, I'm just. That's something I'm curious of. If there's something I'm missing there. Next up in seventh, we've got Red Bant. Yep, Red Bant. Yep, this is that Red Bant list that we saw last week. Take it down. I mean, obviously not exactly, but this is this is the it's the gist of it. Yep, it's a Bant. It's it's a Bant control list with endurances, Uros, Jaces, uh, and you get expressive in the main, and then it allows you to play a lot of red stuff in the side. Pyroblast, Meltdown, blah blah. That's one of the things I was when we were going through the Jeskai lists. I was looking at, and I'm they're not running the expressive iteration. And it's a weird choice. I did. I, I also just noticed that because I'm not used to looking for it in Jeskai control. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird that it's not there. And I want is is turn is turn three too important to take off. It could be by a big think, part of it. Yeah. Because I mean, that's, you know, that, that that's best on turn. That's well, it's best on turn three and after. Yes. I mean, it's obviously it's the best top deck on turn 10. when We're both top decking. Um, but I wonder if turn three is just too important to take off to make room for it. Like but... I, I get why the the number one list didn't because as a combo deck you're just like you want that explosiveness uh-huh. and expressive iteration. Just you're trying to find your combo. You don't care about going up one card, right? Yep. Like most games, like that's not what you're trying to do. You're not going to outgrind them. You're just going to cast days on doing and expressive iteration looks pretty bad against that. The other one, I, I would. <laughs> My theory is it just doesn't play well with their threats. 
Like their threats are expensive and you want to kind of set up a big turn with like yeah, Monastery Mentor. It, it, it will be harder to get the two the two for one of it. It also doesn't play well with back to basics in game one. Yes, that's true. Because in game one, you get to fetch around back to basics very easily. You don't run any nothing in nothing in the main board is red. And so I'm guessing a, a part of that was he wants to lean into being able to abuse back to basics. So I got one, but I'm assuming that might be part of it because you're just fetching up. I mean, in fairness, your opponent, unless you drew and had to play your one volcanic island, your opponent doesn't even know you're on red. Right. And so you hiding it might be a big part of it. Like if if you're playing Delver and you see me play blue white control for an entire game, you might not be playing around pyroblast in game two. Yep. I mean, you at least have to think about it. I don't know how often a lot of players do this, but I frequently side out my wastelands against decks like that. Because yep. they're just not any good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just like, I can't, they cast almost nothing in my deck. Yep. And the odds of me getting them are so low that I'd rather just not get, have them stuck. Usually I run seven-ish basics. Like, the ability to just fetch basics all day long is very doable. It's, yep. Once you, I mean, li looking at the pips, literally, you've got one planes, two islands, I can cast everything. Right. I'm, I don't need my Tundra. I it, There are times I use it, but I don't need it. So your wastelands suck. Yep. So... Um, and then in game two, when I fetch out my volcanic in response to your hole breacher and go pyroblast. Right. So back to the four color list. Um, this one obviously would have a whole lot of uh, weakness to wake wasteland, except for the life from the loam, which mm -hmm. is something we talked about last week. That's become a very co uh, common thing for like these greedy mana bases that want the game to go long as you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to run life from the loam and then throw in a couple wastelands myself. And sometimes I'm just going to beat you like that. Yep. So uh, like we said, this does have three expressive iterations. That's that's what I was gonna say. Like expressive iteration, I think, has proven itself to be the type of card where you don't have to run it, but you need to like when you're building the deck, you need to go. If I'm not running expressive iteration, I need to be able to answer the question exactly. And I think we did for both of those lists. Like, and I think our rationale makes sense. And this, you know, I can't speak to what they were thinking when they built the list, but you know, we're we're like, this is why you wouldn't with this one. This is why you wouldn't with that one. Once you have that and you're just like, yeah, I don't know why I wouldn't run one of the best cards in Legacy that slots right into my deck, then you play it, right? I think it's interesting that Expressive Iteration has been coming up in the past month or two with as one of the less flashy cards that people are beginning to call on for a ban. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, Ragavan's like the flashy. Like, Ragavan is the dude on a pedestal everyone's throwing rocks at. And there's lots of things that have been, have been around Ragavan. the pedestal is Expressive Iteration. <laughs> yeah, like, Expressive Iteration has come up in a lot of circles yeah. where giving Delver... That two mana draw two with selection maybe is is a part of the big problem. And honestly, what that tells me is a lot of people in the community, or at least a lot of the vocal people, are starting to recognize that you can't just remove the thing I hate them. Like we can't just remove the one thing out of Delver we hate the most. Like yes, getting Ragavan sucks, but other things are supporting Delver. We have to remove some of the report, supporting structure. Yep, absolutely. Prison or Express Federation is borderline a cantrip. Well, I mean, it basically. Well, for one, it is a cantrip. Uh, yes, just it by is. Technic, but it's. And um, and and what and what I think most legacy players think of as a cantrip, yes. it's it's There's loose. The three people think brainstorm, yeah. ponder, like, preordained. That's a cantrip that should go. Well, and that's the thing that I was just about to say is like, did legacy need another really good cantrip? really good cantrip? Like we've got, I mean, you this deck uh, now they're running the eight to twelve, but instead of the mediocre preordain, yeah, you get an incredibly good yep. expressive iteration, and I mean that's just brutal. For non-blue decks, like it just the fact the fact of the matter is, if you're not running these cards, you're doing something wrong, like on a sheer competitive level. So, anywho, doesn't look like there's anything super spicy with this particular list. 
does have hole breachers in the side. I think that's cool. Doesn't look like they have really any way to abuse it in the way that like the combo deck yeah. does. But it's just hole breacher is just a solid card because brainstorms in half of people's decks. The way you abuse hole breachers, <laughs> you respond to a brainstorm with it. Correct. Like, hey, instead of drawing three cards, how about you and, discard two? <laughs> why don't you put two? No, I'm discard. Put well, two yeah. back, and I'm gonna make three mana. Correct. So, and what about eighth, Matt? In eighth place, we've got Mono Green Cloud Post, that deck that we both hate to play against, yep. but are very glad it exists. I think uh, one of the like best inevitability decks there is, like a deck that can be slower to get off the ground, but God, nothing kills you better than than a hard cast Emrakul. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like just the fact of the matter that it's in the deck. Yeah. And it's, there's no way to cheat it no out. There's no show and tell. There's nothing. There's like, no shenanigans. Wait, we're paying 15, guys. Yep, I'm just going to tap four cloud posts and cast it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Deck looks pretty standard, though. I don't yep. see anything uh, particularly crazy in here. I don't see anything. Nothing super spicy. Yeah. So that's our top eight. This one does have the Dark Depths package. We spoke of last week that one we did, did not have it, and I was yeah. kind of like, hey, where's... this list does, does have the Dark Depths package. And just one of each? What, uh, oh, two, two, two one Thespian Depths. and one Dark Depths. Yeah, the, the Thespian stage does more work than just making yeah, a token true. in this deck. But yeah, it, I, makes, I, it becomes another cloud. Post. I think I think the, the opportunity cost is very low for a deck like this. Just to put one Dark Depths in, you've got tons of ways to fetch it out, and you're just going to get free games yep. where you know, you'll know you draw one of the pieces and you can go, you know, oh, cool, turn three, bup, 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 uh, take 20. Well, and especially with the addition of Yavamea, yes. the Dark Depths also loses that clause of like, sometimes you just draw, you draw it and you don't draw anything else. Yeah. To you don't get your Thespian stage to really kick off yep, with Yavimaya it. Yavamea can turn so it into just, a mana boom, producer. Okay, cool. Now it's a forest. Good enough. Like, it's not great, but it, it raises the floor of the card in the deck. Could you imagine casting, uh, casting Tasha's Hideous Laughter against this? 10, 10, 15. <laughs> <laughs> Mill uh. 2. Good luck, dude. Yeah, three mana mill too. <laughs> oh, you hit my endurance. And, you hit my. Uh, you hit my Rex Sage, my Elvish Reclaimer, and my Emrakul. Yep. Okay, looking at the uh, metagame breakdown for this top thirty-two, we've got five blue red Delver decks. That's like I said, in the top eight, we didn't have a single blue red Delver. Yep. We've got plenty of the same cards that are in blue red Delver, but the the style of the deck's totally different. How much fun did we have going? Like this was such a fun top eight to talk about. I know that's. You're preaching to the choir on that yeah, one. This is um, good. I had a good time doing this. And that's that's one of the things. Like, I own what used to be Blue Red Delver. I mm -hmm. am a big Blue Red Delver fan, but I can't get behind the the design mistakes that are in current Blue Red Delver. That's basically, like, I mean, Jake, that was that was my second deck yep. in Legacy. I built Elves, and I was like, okay, I want to play something with Force of Will. I want to play Blue Red Delver. When I was on Leaving a Legacy, um, Pat has Blue Red Delver. And he, he has, uh, we were talking about it, he has foiled Japanese Ragavans, and he was like, ban that fucking card. Get it out of here. I don't want right. it anymore. He's ready to go back to old Delver. Well, I just, to be perfectly honest, it's just more interesting. Like, the Sprite Dragon was one of my favorite cards to play. That card is just so cool. It's not very complicated, but it's just like, it's so much more interesting, in my opinion, than something like Ragavan. Yeah. A, you have to commit more mana to it. Uh, it's a little more aggressive off the fucking, you know. It has haste. It has haste. But, like, the cool thing with Sprite Dragon is there's counterplay there. So, like, I have to commit resources into making my Sprite Dragon good enough. Yep. And then once I've done that, then he becomes a threat worth killing, and then I have to protect him, yep. as it, opposed to just paying one and having a threat worth killing. It's one of those things that it forces you to play suboptimally. Yep. Like, if you want to get the most out of it, you might main phase your Brainstorm. Because you need that, you want that extra point of damage, or maybe you'll brainstorm into a ponder that you'll also main phase. 
to get more important damage. It encourages you to play the game poorly because it allows you to get extra resources elsewhere. Well, and traditionally speaking, one of the things Blue Red Delver did, as opposed to some of the other Delver variants, was it sacrificed almost every other aspect of the game to just kill your opponent quickly. As a, and that's one of the problems with Expressive Iteration and Ragavan, is they've allowed Blue Red Delver to generate card advantage and just value in general. And that's not something the deck is supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be basically lightning bolting your opponent, whether that's through creatures or through lightning mm -hmm. bolts. I mean, Blue Red Delver used to run lightning bolt and chain lightning. Yes. Because it was just all about going to yep. their face. It ran it, it ran. it ran between six and eight bolts. Right. And it, because it was super aggressive. And now it's the problem is it's it's like it hasn't really lost its quick kill potential. It's just gained a bunch of acceleration and value. It put all of its chain lightnings into a two two flyer. Right. It just swings for eight. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's far less interesting to play. And obviously people don't like playing against it. But again, 15.62% of the top yeah, 32. That's fine. I don't think you'd have, like, if this was what challenges look like every week, I don't yep. think you'd really have that big of a deal. Like, yeah. if Del nobody cares that Delver exists, people care that it's been the best deck since Delver's I'm glad. I'm glad something's there to punish greedy mana bases. And right. Delver was usually the, it's here to punish the greedy mana base or the the two glass candy combo. Like yep. the punishment's important. It needs to be there. I just don't want too much of it. It can't be that good. Yep. Uh, following up, we've got Doomsday with three copies. Reanimator with three copies. Uh, control actually did very well. So we've got three Bant control, two Jeskai control, and a four color control. So that's six. And then if like we talked about before, if you count Death and Taxes as a control deck, which architect typically speaking, yeah. it is. So you got seven control lists in the top 32 minimum yeah. without, yeah. without going. I mean, heck, there's even a stone blade list. Holy crap. How did we miss that? It must have been buried down there in like 25th place. 21st. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> Let's just see if there's any spice. I guarantee. Merktide Regent, uh, Armory Automaton. Kind of cool. It's not super spicy, but it's cool. Card is just so annoying in EDH. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, my page isn't loading. Is that the one where you tap to put a plus one plus one count on all your artifacts? No. Armory Auto Automaton is a three mana two two. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, you may attach any number of target equipment to it. You. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> uh, somebody, we're again, we're talking about legacy, but EDH keeps coming up. I was playing my Miri deck, which is just a, a Voltron deck. And somebody played that and just took all my equipment. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't gain control of them. You can still re-equip them when it's your turn. They get them now. But they, when I've got, like, four and they just swing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ow. But, so that's cool. It's, funny. it's, it's pretty standard uh, uh, Stoneblade. As but. a sidetrack, I was talking with someone on a, I was watching a Lady Legacy, not Lady Legacy, the Legacy Pit on Twitch. Attach isn't a keyword. Oh, it's a keyword action or something. Like, because we were talking about something and I brought up, like, oh, well, you know, it's, because he wanted to say something like, he wanted to use the word like attached as mm -hmm. like a new thing. I was like, well, you can't use attached as a keyword. Yeah. We had this huge discussion and a judge popped in. I was like, attached is not a keyword. Yeah. It's and not it's, the equivalent yeah, as far as like. Um, like vigilance or flying. Yeah. It's even though it's a very referenced word in magic, keyword attach. Yep. Equip at instant speed. If I'm remembering correctly, like enchantment or uh, auras attach. So like one of the things. uh Bruna, the alabaster, something or other. When she swings, you attach all auras in your graveyard uh, to her. Like, so, yeah. so it's that's just how they describe. Yep. Like equip is the it was keyword. I've just gone through yeah. my entire life thinking yep. that attached is a keyword, with, and well, it's not. 
if you just read the equipment, attach is a keyword that's just instant speed equip. Yeah. But it's oddly enough, though, I think detach is an actual keyword because <laughs> that would make perfect sense in magic. Because Sunforger has pay to detach, doesn't it? I think it says unattach. Oh, unattach. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, like it has like in the like it like the keyword text, whatever. Like I, I bet detach is a freaking keyword. We're doing 10 minutes on attach here. <laughs> All right. And no. Why don't you run through the top of the cards yep. and we'll, we'll, we'll yep. breeze through modern because we're, of course, we're already going long. Well, we're long-winded. Uh, most played cards. This should sound familiar to everybody. Uh, Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Lotus Petal, and then Swords to Plowshares. Uh, Dark Ritual is an eighth. So like I said, we're seeing some reanimator. prevalence of uh, Reanimator, Doomsday, and Storm. So Reanimator is definitely moving down in the top eights where we're not seeing two or three of them, but it's still very prevalent. Yep. That's why I was, I was joking with uh, Jerry because he was we had the joke of like he likes playing random air too. And uh, it's literally one of the only decks we can afford to rent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you need to hurry up and play Reanimator because it's it's been in the top eight for too long. It's going to start getting chopped down. Yeah. Well, yeah, people are going to start packing yep. real graveyard. hate as a as opposed to like the more incidental yep. or like, you know, graveyard hate adjacent stuff to kind of attack, you know, like Merktide region. Exactly. Uh, top creatures, Merktide, Delver, DRC. <laughs> Elvish Reclaimer and Ragavan. Hey, let me put a finger on the screen. Oh, look, it's the Red Delver. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> let me just hide one of those lines. And yep, that's, uh, that's Blue Red Delver right there. Uh, Grizzlebrand making top 10. Um, again, popping up there. And then top spells. This is same thing as the most played cards. Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Lotus Petal, Sword, Splash Shares. Yep. That's Legacy for this week. No Modern. Saturday challenge, if I remember yeah. correctly. No, the Sunday challenge. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm yes. There was no Saturday no challenge. challenge. Yeah, Sunday challenge. So for modern, na 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 na, hey hey hey, Grixis is gone. Yay! <laughs> yep, it's not gone. There's still a Grixis list here or there. Like it still put a couple lists up on Saturday, but like we were talking about, like the, uh, Grixis was the new like real hurdle where Grixis was really abusing DRC and Ragavan to see if it could overcome those cards because it's been sitting in the limelight for a little while now. Grixis Shadow was the best thing to be doing. And in this top eight on Sunday, I do not think there's a single one in the top eight. There's only like three in the top 32. Yeah. So Death Shadow list, Grixis lists are still there, but they're not dominating and they're not rising to the top every time. Yep. And that's that's what we talked about. I think it was last week when I was like, hey, hmm. I this two is my but- yeah, two weeks ago where I was like, hey, this is my concern is modern has been able to handle all the decks that kind of pop up. And they're like dominant for a month and then they kind of get, you know, they just kind of wheel through, yep. churn through. And I was concerned that because De- uh, Grixis Death Shadow was running the modern Horizon stuff like uh, Merc- uh, not Merktide, but uh, DRC and Ragavan, that it wouldn't be able to do that. Yep. I was hoping it would, but I was concerned that it wouldn't. And it looks like at least in this challenge, yeah, we've been able to yeah. like put a yep. tamp on it. And so we'll bit. see if it keeps going, obviously. Yep. But. This this is following the trend of modern, where modern has a dominant deck for between three and five weeks, and then it gets hated out. Yeah, I mean this modern's meta game, assuming that this trend continues, is probably the most interesting, diverse meta game I've seen in years. Yep. And shifting. Yep. Like <laughs> there's ten or fifteen decks where you could just show up at any given on any given day. Uh huh. Not not only like show up and be like, oh, cool. You know, I really like playing goblins in legacy. Like, sure. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean? Like, because people do people go to their, you know, their local tournaments or whatever, and they play their deck, right? Their pet deck. 
there's like 15 or 20 playable yeah. decks it's, in modern right now. Sideboarding for modern is kind of a bitch. Yeah, you get one card per deck. <laughs> oh <my gosh>. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so like in Legacy, you always you pick what you lose to. Yep. Um, but it's a lot easier to gear towards like, you know, for I'm going to be playing 20% of my matches are Delver and 10 and 15% they're going to be some combo that involves the graveyard and whatever. So you can really aggressively tune your sideboard to those and then you lose to weird one-off decks yeah, whatever. Then, well I mean that's why Force of Will is everywhere is yeah, Force of exactly. Will is that main deck sideboard card but modern is just like god like you like you pick what you don't lose to badly yeah and like there are just some things where like you roll into it's like this matchup is terrible and there's nothing to be done about it because I chose to not lose to a different deck now and- the the one downside if we're going to talk about downsides is it does make control very hard to play mm-hmm. in the long run it does. And that's why you see most of these decks are aggressive. Yep. Because the best sideboard you can do is just killing your opponent. Yep. There is, the, however, we do have a nice uh, control list. Oh, yeah, there are. That, it's uh, it's that perfectly playable because they do have very powerful cards. But when you have to, I mean, that's what control decks do in a long metagame is they tune their deck to beat the metagame. Well, when your metagame changes every week, that's very difficult to do. The list I'm thinking about, there was, I think on Saturday, there was like a uh, Jeskai or a four color, yep. just straight up control list that won. And like its win con was was either Jace, Five Teferi, or Solitude. Uh, so they're there. But yeah, they're not they're not as prevalent, that's for sure. First place was a Hammer Time list by DM4X. This is a Lurus list. Nothing crazy special. There's one Ginger Brute, which I see as one of those kind of flex slots. Ginger Brute. It's just, it, it's, a, it's one of those things where it's a great get late game off Urza Saga. Um, it's a, it's a... Carries a sword like an MF. Carries a sword like a motherfucker, yeah. Because it's that one man to make it basically unblockable... Um, you can just pile stuff on top of it. It's pretty good. And then two core outfitter is kind of weird for the deck. I usually don't see those as kind of a, I mean, it's not weird for the deck because obviously it fits the deck perfectly, but it's basically, it's kind of like pure steel paladin five and six. It's a slightly worse pure steel paladin that I don't usually see in these lists, but I, it makes perfect sense at being there. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just really leaning in on the Colossus hammer aspect of it, as opposed to some of the other stuff. Where it's just like, I want to beat someone to death with this hammer. Yep. So I'm going to guarantee it happens. Like, usually you see two cranial plating, so I'm, obviously we probably lost a cranial plating. And I, I'm not exactly sure what else we trimmed for it, but it's a cool, not innovation, it's a cool thing to see. It's just yep. some, some sliding around happening. Second place was Mono Green Tron, and you hear a collective sigh from the audience. Hey, I, I think people are actually happy to see Tron, just that it's still around. Because mm. I don't think, there's a lot of memes around it, but I don't think... Most people want Tron gone, but it was the deck for a while. And I think people were just like, okay, we get it. You can tap three lands for seven mana. Can we play something else, please? The old one, two, seven. Right. Well, and it's kind of like, you know, we had talked about uh, primetime, where again, a lot of people thought primetime was obnoxious when it was everywhere. But now that we're seeing it pop up, one top eight a month, cool. It just means Tron's still playable. Primetime's still playable. The meta's still diverse. Let's just keep playing modern. Yeah. The list looks somewhat stock to me. I don't see anything particularly crazy. In here. Nothing in here. Nothing in here. I see that I'm like really surprised to see. Uh, Emrakul, the promise end. I don't usually see the promise end in these lists, but mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a big fat Eldrazi. I don't. I'm not surprised to particularly see it. Third place was our four color tempo list, and so it listed as tempo, but this is kind of like Grixis with uh, oh, what is I just forgot the color pie with white. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I know magic. Uh Grixis with white. And so you've got this Allurus list, DRC, Ragavan, Croxa, one Snappy Boy. Way to go, Snappy. Yay. And, and then the, the realistically the things you expect to see in a Grixis list and uh, Prismatic Ending and Kaya's Guile are your white pickups. And then everything else. 
Brown the Lock, Iteration, Unholy Heat, Thoughtseize. Like, this is Grixis with White. That's that's yep. what this is. This is <laughs> kind of funny. That's, this is just Grixis. Or it's Grixis Esper with Red. <laughs> or Esper with Red. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, he <laughs> no. This is a very much that was a joke. This is very much a Grixis deck. Yeah, with two white cards in it. Fourth place is a is it Merktide list. Going through this really quick. This is the typical that we talk about about every two weeks. Blue red Delver in modern. Worst cantrips. Worst counter spells. Uh, obviously no Delver. Four Ragavan. Four Merktide. Four DRC. But and that's right where this deck belongs. Like I I don't think anybody has any. I mean I'm sure you can find people, but. Most people don't have an issue with this archetype. It's mm-hmm. just you don't want it to be 25% of the math. Yep. And and I think that one of the reasons it fits so much better in Modern than it does Legacy is Modern is a more creature-oriented, more combat-oriented meta. So it costs you less to run more creature removal, either in the main or the side. Yeah. Well, the, the, they're just better against almost every deck. Events every deck. Whereas in Legacy, there is a, there is a real good line in the sand where it's like, I mean, 60% of the decks are... Maybe 70% of the decks run creatures, and 30 to 40 don't. Yeah, and they don't run, like, a couple. They run none. none or nothing worth killing. Like, right. It is, it's so, it, like, dedicating extra sideboard slots and extra mainboard slots to creature removal is just way more okay in modern because there's always something to kill. Yep. Whereas in Legacy, there's a decent chance there's nothing to kill. Not to mention, a lot of the cheap removal that you get access to is good at removing cheap creatures unholy i mean unholy heat's kind of an extreme but yep. things like abrupt decay or fatal push and in legacy especially you take there's a chunk there's another chunk of decks that are only running creatures that you can't fatal push like a lot of the creatures you can't fatal push so just adding more cards more removal cards to the list of like i don't want this in my legacy deck right Whereas, but i have to because a quarter of the meta it's yep. very good against yes but then, it, but it's it's and then a big chunk of it, it's worthless. Whereas in modern, those cards just are not as worthless as often. Yep, absolutely. Fifth place was a Jund list. Oh, I don't know Jund lists very well, unfortunately. So for Jund, we've got some reclaimers, uh, some ragavans. Was this what you're talking about? Where it's got reclaimer just fishing yeah, out? Yeah, like I don't know if that's typical or not, but it if it is. Whether or not it's typical, it kind of speaks to the power of Urza's Saga. That Elvish Reclaimer. There's no other cards for it to get other than just lands. And why would you pay two to just get a different land, right? I mean, outside of the corner case of like, I need to fix my mana. That's pretty rare. It, it, it's it, just getting Saga. So I'll tell you, it could do two things. One, it could get you out from a Blood Moon. And two, it is a one mana three, four. No, don't get me wrong. But like, typically speaking, when you see Reclaimers, they're trying to get something like Dark Depths or yep. like very powerful. It's abusive. Or Gaia's Cradle in it, land. It's an abusive card. Correct. It, because you're paying two mana and sacrificing land, and the land comes into play tapped. Yeah. Like, it needs to be very good for you to get it. And that just kind of speaks to the power of Urza Saga, because Urza Saga is very good. <laughs> now, if you look in the side, we do have Blast Zone, Bajookabog. Oh, and Ghost Quarter. We yeah, have Blast Zone, have a couple. So we do get some more utility lands to bring into the sideboards, and we know they're going to be more useful. But that's true that in the main board, Elvish Reclaimer is a one mana, one, two, that might be a three, four, that goes and gets Urza Saga. After that, with this being kind of a weird Jun list that I don't recognize as well, I will just tell you guys what it is. It's four Ragavan, one Kroxa, four Goifs, and two Torox. We got some Ren- we have a full set of Renin Sixes, just a really powerful card. And then kind of your suite of Jund removal and interruption. So or interaction. Kozilex, thought seizes, bolts, pushes, heats, trophies, commands, and then a pretty standard Ursa Saga tutor package. But a 
a, a relatively powerful Jund list kind of showing back up. We haven't seen Jund put up numbers in uh, in many weeks. Sixth place is a really interesting green-black Infect list. So we saw Infect, I think, two weeks ago in like 23rd place. Infect has kind of been making its rounds. We talked about at one point recently because Phyrexian Crusader is kind of like shouldering the burden of this deck. But we haven't seen it like really breach the top eight or really do really well. So it's cool to see it come in here for Glistener Elf, for Hierarchs, for Plague Stingers, and for Phyrexian Crusaders. You know, I think probably the one card in this list more than anything, at least the one creature that makes this deck viable. In metas where a three mana 2-2 two, two is something that you have time to resolve, it has protection from most decks and is oftentimes just your one-shot kill. It's an unblockable, unkillable one-shot kill. Obviously pairing it with things like, you know, Scala, Mutagenic Growth, blah, blah, blah. Might of Old Crosa. What is this? Uh, that's a Time Spiral card. It was actually, uh, I was going to talk about it. Might of Old Crosa is just, in my opinion, an excellently designed card. It's kind of the thing we always talk about where it's like, it gives you choices. It's good in a couple styles of decks. Uh, there was a series of cards they did in Time Spiral where it was do the same effect, but do it better if you cast this as Sorcery. Mm. Might of Old Crosa. Plus four, plus four if you cast it during your main phase for one green. Very good with Infect. For a while, it might have go Infect was very popular several years ago. Might have old Crosa was like a ten or fifteen dollar uncommon. It's and if you cast it as an instant, it's plus two plus two. Yeah. So it's just I, that's I love that kind of design. Mm -hmm. Like Yeah. This is uh, a pretty cool. It's I should say this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see Infect uh be a player. Infect used to kind of run rampant through modern and then just kind of trickled off with just I think the removal caught up to it. And now they push was, yeah, they've innovated. And, and I mean, and uh, charismatic ending didn't help either. No, like, but they've innovated into this what used to be kind of a relatively unplayable. This, you know, you have this low to the ground, fast combo deck, sort of combo deck, and you're filling it up with these three mana two two. But it was what the deck needed to become a mainstay. Yeah, it just pivoted to a slightly, slightly slower build. Yep. So it's just like, I'm going to, because I mean, it's I mean, got it's got Phyrexian Crusader. The other one is Plague Stinger, which is two mana. And then it's got Glistener Elf, right? It's only got 12 Infect creatures in general. Um, so it's just, it's not trying to do what like Legacy Infect does or mo old modern Infect does, where it's really trying to just get that turn two or turn three kill. Mm -hmm. It's going to go, I mean, it's got main board Thought Seizes and Fatal Pushes. Like traditionally speaking, Infect doesn't care about interacting nope. with its opponent. It cares about killing them. Correct. But if you're going to, push that game just even just another turn then all of a sudden that thought sees like that thought sees is great when you have a plague stinger in your it, turn one thought sees get rid of their removal turn two plague stinger yep. turn three swing yep like or that's chip, perfect you just start chipping away or i mean or dumping make it yep. a six six or an eight eight or whatever allowing yourself to take an extra turn because your deck's probably like modern's probably slow enough for that to happen Probably just opened up a lot of possibilities. And Pendlehaven's a great card. Did you know Ink Moth Nexus is a $45 card? Yeah, I saw that. $180 for a playset of Ink Moth Nexus. Wow. That already got mine. No kidding. Rexian Crusader is $140 for a playset. That card, if I remember correctly, it just hasn't been reprinted. That's $35. That's a $35 rare. Wow. That's, this deck is relatively cheap except for a handful of cards. Yep. Yeah, in fact, it's cool. Seventh place. A deck that I have no business touching and honestly not much business talking about, Hardened Scales. So Selesnya Hardened Scales. Matt, what do you have to say about Hardened Scales? So uh, Hardened Scales, a couple years ago, back before Mox, Mox Opal was printed, uh, Affinity just wasn't cutting it. Hardened Scales was printed. Hardened Scales, uh, kind of, it's kind of a blend of like 
we're going to take what was cool about uh, Affinity and just slow it down a little bit and get a little bit more value and like a higher top end, right? So like Hardened Scales, what it does, if one or more plus one plus one counters would be placed on a creature you control, you place that many plus one. So it just gives you an extra plus one plus one counter whenever you do that. Well, what you're going to do is you're going to be uh, abusing creatures with modular. So whenever they die, their plus one plus one counters get moved on to another creature, right? So every time that happens, you're getting an additional plus one plus one counter. Yep. And you're going to be doing that frequently. And then you do stuff like mm. Hangerback Walker and Walking Ballista to really abuse that plus one plus one counter theme. And then you can, I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. But that's how you see, again, like we were talking about, Zabaz the Glimmer Wasp. He's a one one or sorry, he's a one mana zero zero modular one legendary artifact creature yep. insect. <laughs> and like the Ozolith. This one mana legendary artifact that stores your counters. Right. Like that card saw zero play in standard. It was useless. Yep. But, and it, like the, the way that it pairs with hardened scales, where not only does it get to store every time a creature dies, all the counters go onto it. And then when they get put back on a creature, it gets you one get, more. It gets again. one more. Yep. And so you just, you can, if you just keep moving them back and forth, it keeps growing. Yep. And then you've got Throne of Geth, uh, sacrifice an artifact, proliferate. So you sacrifice a creature with modular put the creature, put the tokens on something, then proliferate again. Like this is, it's one of the more interesting, I don't want to say it's a dirtily deck because it is trying to beat you to death with creatures, but it, you just have so many cool little, intera little interactions. And it was one of the decks that just was collateral damage when they banned Mox Opal instead of Urza. And that's one of the things, that's one of the big issues I had with that ban is Affinity and Hardened Scales took a huge hit and then Urza doesn't see any play anyway. So, like, I mean, long run, yes, I get the reasoning, like, hey, we don't want this fast man in the format. Sure, whatever. But, you know, I'm that's why I'm always so excited to see these it's, affinity decks coming back. It's the top thing. It's the, it's Sensei's Divine Top, where you ban top because it's doing too good of a thing somewhere, but you also really hit a lot of decks that made really good use of that, and it was a pretty bad deck without it. Yeah. And now, it, it sucks to make those bad decks bad because it's too good in something else. Correct. Now, that being said, I 100% don't think you can have Urza Saga and Mox Opal in the same format, as far as modern goes. Why not? <laughs> you mean the land sacrificing itself for a better land? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I get, like, in current modern, Mox Opal would probably need to go, or Urza Saga would need to go, but that doesn't, and, and unless they knew about it, which I doubt they did, because this ban was several years, maybe they did, who knows? But that doesn't excuse the bad ban, in my opinion, from a while ago. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I'm all, every week. That's why I'm like, hey, uh, Affinity is kind of my Splinter Twin for Modern, where like Affinity never got like hard banned like Splinter Twin did. But it was one of those things that it never should have gone. It was around since the format's inception, and it just got taken out because of a bad decision by Wizards. Yeah. So I'm always looking through these Modern lists just to see if somebody's playing Affinity because I would really like it to, it doesn't need to be dominant or anything, but I'd really like it to be playable from a computer. Mm -hmm. Moving on, I wanna, I'm wanna i gonna try and wrap this up a little quickly because we're running long on time, shockingly enough. Eighth place, we've got a, another Lurus Hammer Time list. This one, uh, I, I remember now looking at this list. So we've got three Dark Confidant, which is semi-regular. Oh, gotcha. yep. Usually you see some Dark Confidants in these lists to help recur cards. That's where that core, whatever it was, I can't think of what it was, the, in, in, in the first deck. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. The core artifice or whatever that basically was the, Pierce still Paladin um, was core taking outfitter. His, core outfitter was taking some of those dark confidence bases, but that's really aggressive. 
to that's to give up that straight card advantage for just nope putting my hammer back on somebody take 10 yep. and i think i think i leaning <clears throat> onto the luris is okay there like dark yeah. confidant and luris is kind of a weird like luris is your value engine i mean dark confidant drawing your cards obviously is great but i i'm think i'm okay leaning into luris however it is fragile once your luris is gone it's gone you get three dark confidants so obviously there's decisions to be made there there's yeah. some deck building costs yep but let us take a look at this metagame summary. Five Hammer Time decks, so 15.5%. We've already talked about Legacy. That is not an inappropriate number of decks to have. Three Burn, three Death Shadow, and then some twos and one. I think a very cool, I mean, yep. a, a relatively diverse, and now we're getting back into that churn shifting metagame. Yeah, and there's, I mean, you just look at these lists and it's like Merfolk, Thopter Combo, Affinity, yep. Eldrazi, Control, Living End, Blink, Titan, Midrange. Like, there's so much going on in Modern. Yep. I just it's just probably the best format in Magic right now. In my it's, opinion, Legacy is a Legacy's getting there. Like, like I would say, this week's Legacy Challenge metagame summary looks similar to the modern one, right? Which is really cool. I'm that's really exciting for me. And like Matt and I have said, call them where you see them. That's awesome. Yep. I hope it keeps going. Modern looks like that every week. That's the thing. Yeah, that's modern's, the difference. Modern's been doing it for six <laughs> weeks now. Right. <laughs> how long we've been on the air? That's I, about how long Modern's been doing it. Yep. Most played cards, Ragavan, Mishra's Bobble, Dragon Rage Channeler, Lightning Bolt, and Unholy Heat. Relatively standard. Don't see anything particularly weird in those. Mishra's Bobble in 34% of decks makes me go, ugh. Yeah, that's but again, that's Luris. I said this multiple times. There's not a single card I would just, like, this is a Jenga pile that's like yeah. 20 it's just tiles deep yeah. and i'm just like i wouldn't pull a yeah, single card out of this right now yeah nothing is worth like just, the engine's running fine yes we do not need to throw sand in the gears nobody touch it nobody touch it leave it alone <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like we got modern working let's just leave yeah. it that the worst thing that, the worst thing that could happen to modern is mh3 <laughs> top creatures uh ragavan drc esper sentinel stoneforge mystic and ornithopter pretty standard Ooh. ornithopter that's hot that's hammer time don't i know it's just cool <laughs> a zero mana zero two flyer is just the top the fifth most no it's card. a that's a zero mana ten two yeah not without flying that's that is it's just cool and top spells bobble lightning bolt unholy heat expressive iteration and thoughtsies yep all righty well uh before we move into uh our basically our only topic this week i do want to get my blanket out and cast some shade onto aramis at the plane soccer's <laughs> podcast <laughs> So their episode went up uh, today, actually, on Tuesday, and he felt the need to talk about how buggy MTGO is. And you know what? He's right. There's plenty of buggy cards on MTGO. There's plenty of problems. To the best of my knowledge, we don't have any basic lands that ruin our uh, client. <laughs> but hey, we're way buggier than Arena. <laughs> I is clearly it's just all in good fun. We're I'm just, just throwing some fun at Aramis, and uh, it was a topic that I I I didn't hear, and I it just slipped them. It's just kind of a, a funny bug that's happened yeah. on Arena. There's it's a it's one of the things that just doesn't have that big of effect in the game because you just run different basics. Yes, but but it's like it's a known bug, and like the response from Watsi was just don't run. It's the Dracula. They're like they're like Dracula secret lair basics on Arena, yeah. and if you run them, you can't sideboard in best of three games. That's like. That's why I could never be a programmer. I'm not smart enough so, to even, and like, you read that and you're like, yep. how? So, how okay. does these basics so I'll, I'll affect give, my sideboard? I'll give credit where credit is due. I heard um, the MTG Goldfish podcast talking about this. And one of the things that they said, because they talked about how they had talked to some programming friends of theirs. Yeah. Because the general consensus from like random people that don't code for Watsi is that they must be 
coding lands independently. So they aren't coding a swamp and then applying skins to it. It's just each individual swamp is a different swamp. It's one of those things where it kind of has to be. be why, well, why else would it only because affect these? Th- why is this swamp? I mean, and now it could be maybe the maybe the code for the skin is, but it's really weird that, yeah, like none of the other skins of swamps have changed anything. So maybe these swamps aren't skinned. Maybe every swamp is a swamp. Well, that would explain why it takes so long for them to add cards to the arena. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do we get these particular forests to work with all the other uh-huh. forests? <laughs> and so, I mean, obviously, this is all speculation, and no one knows exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm sure some guy at WotC is going, ha! <laughs> hey, to be fair, no one from WotC listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I expect they're sitting in a room, okay. like, clawing their hair out trying yeah. to fix this. Yeah, no one listens to us. <laughs> But yeah, Aramis, maybe when your client can run all of its lands, you can throw shade at MTGO. Anyway, on our next topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a really big announcement from Gavin Berhey, and I think it's something that Matt is a lot more excited about than I am because uh, it affects a format he likes to play a bit more than me. Yep. Matt, why don't you take it over? First off, let's just preface preface this by saying you've probably already heard several other podcasts talk about this. Yes. It's- it, this is The reason why is this is huge news, and it has a lot of implications for eternal formats. What they're doing is they're effectively, if you've ever played EDH or Commander, they're creating kind of a rules committee for Popper. What it is, it's a group of seven, if I remember correctly, seven people, content creators, basically Popper experts. And what their job is, is to advise wizards on what, if anything, should be banned at any given time in Popper. So they do not get to pick the bans. I think that's something that absolutely needs to be made clear up front. These seven people are not going to be picking cards that are banned. They're not like the rules committee in that regard, where in uh, Commander, the rules committee literally gets to pick the cards, and then they're gone. Wizards has no oversight over what gets banned in Commander, uh, and they've reiterated that several times, uh, much to many. There's a lot of conspiracy theories that run around that, and mm. it's just kind of funny to read, but it's not it's not anything you take seriously or anything mm. like that. Um, so the way the guy described it was, if if Watsi is a 10 on who gets to ban, on the decision to ban No, it what? was... It was the rules committee is a 10. They have full autonomy. Yeah, they, if, they if the rules the committee is a 10, the the popper committee, I forget what they called it, but we'll just call it the popper committee for a second, is like an 8. PFP. PFP. Popper format panel. Popper format panel. Remember So they they are not going to individually have the power to ban cards, but they get to make, they get to give Watsi advice because yep. what Watsi did was they came out and said, guys, we don't pay attention to this format. We Not don't it. have the people yep. or the resources to give this format the proper oversight. So we're kind of turning it over to you. Yep. They're, so not, they're not in the weeds enough. Right. There's just not enough people at Watsi that just are all about Popper. So they've turned it over to some people who are. Speaking of who they are, I, I will go ahead and run through the, the names yep. of the people. You probably got it in front of you. Go for it. Sure do. So we have, Gavin Verhey is going to be on it. And I believe Gavin Verhey is going to be the only Watsi employee on it. Gotcha. So, so he is one of the seven? He is one of the seven, yes. Okay. He will be working with, <clears throat> and these names are going to be butchered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mirko Sivada from Italy. Yep. Emma Partlow from the UK. Ryuji Saito from Japan. Paige Smith from the USA. Alex Ullman from the USA. And Alexander Weber from Brazil. Awesome. So that's um, going to be our... EFP. Yep. If I remember correctly, I will just say one thing about Popper. Obviously, she has no idea who I am. If I remember correctly, Paige Smith is a Maverick girl. She is a huge Popper elves expert. And she's who I, when I started playing, because this is what I do. I've said it multiple times. I'm like, hey, I'm going to play this format. How do I build an elf deck in it? 
she's kind of the resident. She's like Julian for Popper yep. Elves. If you're going to give her a shout out, we'll hit her up. The She is at the Maverick Gal yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, I think she changed it from gal, from girl to gal, whatever. But, but yes, point still stands. She's awesome. She's great at Popper, really knows it. She puts out regular Popper content. Like she really knows her stuff. Like when when they like I started watching the video, I was like, if they don't put Maverick Gal on this, <laughs> they're retarded. Yep. <laughs> if they don't put Maverick Gal on this, they're making a big mistake. Yep. So and, and there's a there's a there's a 25 minute video. Uh, he did a Good Morning Good Morning Magic that I will yeah. I will link in the description if you want to watch it. It's an okay watch. I'm gonna be honest. It's, the first 10 minutes are really important, and the rest of it is meh. Yeah. <laughs> it, he he does. And it's kind of cool. He does like a like a 15 minute kind of collage. Of all of these people talking about their history with Popper and what they like, what they don't like, what they like to play, blah, 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 blah. Well, so it it's, makes, it's interesting. It makes sense from a PR perspective because what you're doing is you're going, hey, Popper players, we're putting these guys in a position of responsibility mm -hmm. for this format. Here's why they should be in that position. Yep. So, like, if you care enough that you're going to be upset if we pick the wrong person, then we're going to justify why these pick, why we pick these people. Makes perfect sense. Quite frankly, I don't care enough. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, like I said, the one person I really, the, but, the one person I knew knew a lot about Popper is on there. Yep. So from my, she got my vote. She's in. We've got about 10, 15 minutes to do on this. And I want to hit both ends of the spectrum. So, and I can be a little bit devil's advocate because I'm going to open this up with, I think we're both uh, in approval of this decision yes. in its essence. Yep. Now there, that's not, not to say there are not possible faults here and we will try and talk about those. Um, but let's start on a good note. What do you think is like the best thing about this? Obviously, the the single best thing is the improvement of Popper. I don't think it's going to have any bigger effect with just this individual announcement than that. The, my favorite thing is more of the implication of what this means for the rest of Eternal formats. Mm -hmm. Formats like Legacy and Vintage clearly, at least in my book, fall in the same yeah. boat as Popper. Yep. We're like, I mean, there. it's been how long since Modern Horizons 2 came out? It's, it's I mean, we're pushing a year. It's been, yeah, it, I say, it, you could say it's been how long since we had an announcement from Watsi saying they would make changes. But they, they're yeah, looking I mean, that and, was in November before Eternal Weekend. And now we're crickets. Yeah, we're ha I mean, we're halfway through January. Yep. They in that video, they said there weren't going to be any banner restricted announcements during the Kamigawa. Yes. Uh, spoilers. So we know we're not getting anything then. Yep. So it either has to happen before or after. Right. So like, hey, wizards. You know that other format yes. that costs thousands of dollars that you completely neglect? Yeah. I personally would be a big fan of them doing something similar this to our format. This could be a really cool trial run on a harder-to-ruin format because you ban someone's deck in Popper, and obviously someone's pissed because they have a fold-out version. And, yeah. But it's not nearly as big a deal because Popper decks are 50 bucks. And I'm not here to belittle anyone's deck. No, Popper's an amazing format. What I mean is, like, the cost of your deck. Doesn't, yeah. Like, I don't want your deck to get banned even. It's only 50 bucks. No. Nope. Doesn't matter. And then, like I said, there's also a possibility you have an 800R Popper deck because it's foiled. But if you ban something in Legacy, you're guaranteed to muck with a multi-thousand dollar Correct. deck minimum. The stakes are higher. Yeah. So I could see this being a trial run. And that's always a good thing. It's, you know, how many times have we called something on this podcast where we're like, that is a trial run yep. where it's like, like, oh, look, Alchemy came out six months after they did a, what would happen if we rebalance cards? Hypothetically. Yeah, that's, if you haven't picked up on the trend, this is how Wizards operate. Yes. They kind of dip their toe in it because they know that if they just announced this for all three formats, people would freak out. Hmm? And they, in my opinion, they did this perfectly right. You pick the lower stakes format yep. where if, if they mess this up, 
they can get rid of they can dissolve this committee and go right back to square one yep. and you know i mean in theory i mean they can undo any damage they did okay these guards yeah. are banned or mentioned, they don't have to do anything the committee says correct so if they're like wow that seems really off base no mm-hmm. go back to the drawing board yep like i don't have anything bad to say about that for me what i like about it and what made me really excited was watsy coming out and saying we don't know what we don't know and we're going to go find people that do know what we don't know. Correct. So, I mean, Watsi for years has openly said, you know, we don't test for legacy. We don't test for modern. We don't think about those. We think about standard and we think about um, draft. And that's fine. But I need you guys to, like, acknowledge our existence a little more in your design structure or at least in the maintaining of your ban list. Right. And what always comes up is the next argument is we don't have time. There's some capacity. They don't have time. We don't have time. Time resources. It's too much work. And it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work to be in the weeds of a shifting, changing format and knowing the difference between these cards probably need banned or, I mean, case in point, modern. Should we ban Grixis Shadow? Because it was the best deck for a month? It's been putting up lists for like four or five weeks. It's been doing two to four lists in the top eight for like three or four weeks. Well, no, if, you, if you've been, if you take the time to follow it every single week, it's been shifting and it will probably shift again, but yep. they don't know that. And so it's really cool to see them openly admit we don't know that. I don't know if these people are going to be paid, but presumably these people are going to receive something and they're willing to to give, give these... them judge promos. <laughs> yeah, I, I would do like just since you brought it up, I would literally do this job, that job for free for legacy. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm qualified, mm-hmm. but I would absolutely yes. do that. And I would, too. A lot of people would. I genuinely hope and I'm sure these people would, too. I hope they are being compensated. Yeah. In some they capaci- should be paid for their work. In some capacity, though, Watsi is putting its money where its mouth is and, and acknowledging its it, its inability to maintain and reaching out to experts to get help. Yeah. And that segues into the idea that, well, maybe they'll do it for other formats because they could easily agree that, hey, yeah, we don't really know how Legacy works very well. And those 10 people know how Legacy works really well. Why don't you guys call us every other week and let us know if there's any problems? Right. They, uh, I don't have it. I don't pull it up, but there's a really funny thing. A, uh, and I feel bad I can't. I don't remember who it was. I tell you what, you listen to another podcast and I'll tell you. <laughs> um, there was a really popular Twitter post where someone had gone into the entire announcement and they had replaced every single instance of Popper with, with Legacy. Legacy and it reads perfectly. Yep. That it, doesn't it, surprise me at all. It reads perfectly. I mean, the fact of the matter is Popper was in a very bad state earlier this, or I guess early in 2021. Yeah. Uh, that's how we we jokingly talked about the the preliminary where people yep. were reg- registering basics, and that's how they eventually got affinity to be toned down. Although it's still one of the best decks, probably it's probably still well. They another got band. they got Chatterstorm just gone. Chatterstand Chatterstorm gone, and then they got a uh, Sojourner's Companion, and I think some something. I could be wrong, but they they weaken the deck. Correct. So they that's I mean, popper players raised hell, so to speak, and yep. that put them on was Watsu's radar. Yep. Well, at the same time. You and I were talking about how Ragavan, Burktide, and DRC are problems in Legacy. Hmm? There still hasn't been any movement nope. in our format. So, like, we are at least in the same storm. We uh-huh. may not be in the same boat as Popper. Yeah. We're in the same storm yep. as Popper. Except Popper found a port to get in, and we're still Correct. cruising. We're still cruising out here going, like, hey, can somebody pay attention to this format? Yep. Because there's very, there's very clearly problems in Legacy. Yep. There's plenty of disagreement as to what that may be. and this isn't to say that this like a panel for legacy would be all upside, but at this point, like legacy is 
bleeding to death. The whole like it might not be upside that leads into the the second part of the second half of this where, you know, there could be some bad things that uh, could be associated with this. This could not be all peaches and cream. Right. And some like it's like I said, bias with bias out in the open. We think this is a great idea. We like this. Um, but there's been some real pushback from some of the legacy community online. I think in part of that is because it's a legacy community and we push back. We, I mean, right there yeah. with you, push back against everything. Yep. That's in our blood. Well, I mean, fundamentally, what it is, is, we don't like change. That's why we're playing a 20-year-old format. <laughs> yeah, we don't like change. And this is a change. It, or this is a potential change. And right. there's, shockingly, there's a bunch of people yelling at the sky. Now, when I think about it, there are some real things that could be problems. And what I mean by that is, so let's take a look at the rules committee, our closest comparative. Look at their ban list, Matt. I, I will be devil's advocate here. Yep. Uh, the rules committee's ban list is a joke, and you want that in my competitive format? I mean, I'm pretty sure the rules committee bans whatever Sheldon lost to last week. 100%. I actually agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Not necessarily shade. <laughs> to that extreme, but like there is a fundamental difference between EDH and Legacy. Uh, EDH is basically impossible. EDH is a kitchen table format. Yep. It is impossible to gather the type of data you need to make informed bans. Yep. So EDH does have, they the rules committee also has a basically a, an advisory committee um, to kind of like feel things out and whatnot because they were in a similar boat where they're, and theirs is admitted where they're like, look, again, it's a kitchen table format. Yep. There's how do we get our finger on the pulse to know what's going on because we don't have the flood of data that Wizard gets. Yep. Right. So Legacy doesn't have that problem. Now, this is an assumption and maybe I'm wrong here, but I would assume that if Watsi is empowering these people to make at least s some decisions about what should be banned, they would provide them with some data. Now that they may not, who on, knows? On top of, there's you just, would think they would. There's just more data available for Popper than there will ever be for Commander. Correct. And same thing with Legacy. Like I can pull up a challenge result right now. Correct. And that's what we talk about every week. We talk about data. Hmm. Now we don't have the complete data. Watsi does. And that's how they make their ban decisions. Yep. Hopefully they would share that with the the uh, the committee there. Mm -hmm. They may not. Maybe they what they do is they kind of, for all we know, the committee could be kind of the guys out in the weeds, and then they bring back what their yeah uh, what their recommendation is, and then Watsi actually compares it to the data. And they're they don't they may not want to bias the committee with data. That's right? true. That good point. That could be true, but yeah. there are fundamental differences between the the way it would work with legacy and the way it works yeah. in EDH. I would make the argument immediately that these things should be in some capacity data driven, whether that be leagues firing, whether that be challenges firing, whether that be play numbers, percentages, win percentages, yada, yada. And you'll never have any data for Commander on mass because Commander is not a competitive format. It is played casually at every power level from one to ten. So you can't have that data. And so I think the rules committee for Commander, they have they I think they implement a poor solution to an impossible problem. Well, and on top of that, uh, the problem I have with the rules committee is their ban list is trying to serve two masters, and that's kind of impossible yeah. with what they're doing. So they don't want they they come out and say they're not they don't ban for competitive play, which is why stuff like Soul Ring and Mana Crypt and Demonic Tutor are illegal, right? Yep. They say that, and there is one exception: Thassa's Oracle. Uh, they even said, hey, guys, don't plan on this happening very often. This is we're doing this because there is just a hell of a lot of screeching and we're tired of listening to the CEDH community complaining about this card. Yep. So we're going to get rid of that. But then they don't even follow their own rules with like what is fun because the 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 ban list is supposed to facilitate fun games. That's 
that's it's the spirit oh, of the rule. I hate that. I hate that sentence. Because well, what well, do you one, mean fun? Correct. That's that's so. Step one. What is fun? Uh huh. I personally, not only do I like playing stacks, I like playing against stacks because mm-hmm. I look at magic as a puzzle. I don't. And stacks is a very interesting way to make the puzzle unique. I like the puzzle of magic. I don't like the. I don't like stacks. But I mean, this is a perfect example of that. Yeah. So like. We're sitting here in the same room. We've played hundreds of games of EDH together. Mm-hmm. And like he hates some of the decks that I play. Sure do. How do you ban for something like that when the goal is fun? Yeah. And two, they don't even live up to that because you have stuff like Prophet of Cruffix banned and Armageddon's not. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what the rest, like Sundering Titans banned, but Armageddon isn't. Mm-hmm. So clearly they don't want land destruction, but this land destruction's okay. Balance is gone. Well, it's like there, there's, there's a. Uh... What's what's the coalition victories banned? Like right. things like coalition victory are too powerful, but something like lab man, well, no, he's there, fine. The the coalition victory argument, and this is one of them. Uh, obviously, I don't know what they're what's in their head. Is coalition victory basically requires you play blue or you lose? One, that's not even true, because there's okay. Well, you have to have a control creature of every color, right? Yeah. Swords to plowshares counters coalition victory just as easily yeah. as counterspell does. It most in most cases, right? Yeah, it's. But like they don't follow that. Yeah. But a lot we, of that is because EDH is a subjective yeah. format. We can spend half an hour. We can spend half an hour talking about the ridiculousness of the rules committee ban. That's, right. So that's one of the first things I thought of is you know yeah. hey like we have an example of this and it kind of sucks. But yep. I think like I said I think it's I think it's a poor solution to an impossible problem. The other thing I would say and before we move on to the next objection, like we talked about though, this isn't necessarily creating a rules committee. I think a better comparison for those people who are concerned would be to look at the advisory committee that the rules committee mm-hmm. has. What you want to compare is Watsy to the rules committee yep. and then our advisory committee to theirs. It's a good comparison. So the other thing is, one of the things I kind of think of is like with great power comes great responsibility. There's a lot of power being put in these people's hands. Like these are the, like you and I can bitch all we want, but it, it matters what these people say to Watsy. Like, I mean, who are they going to pick? Like, they, like they could just as easily pick a bunch of people that have very skewed opinions. And I'm going to throw, I'm going to, I don't want to throw shade at like LSV, but LSV could be a good example where he hops onto Twitter. He plays five games of legacy, says he enjoys them, which cool. I'm glad he did. Yep. And then says, I don't think there's anything wrong with the format, but you've played it. I mean, LSV is a, is an incredibly well-known magic player. Well-respected. He deserves every ounce of it. What if he gets picked to be on eternal format committee because he's, incredibly well known because he's earned he's earned his stripes and then he comes in with like those mentalities so i've got two answers to that one if you trust wizards to ban the cards i don't see why you wouldn't trust them to pick people to advise them on who to ban on what to ban right to so extent. like they, wizards already has this power yep. all they're looking for is more information mm-hmm. they're they're going hey we don't because that's fundamentally what this is and i think people are trying to i think a lot of people are overreacting to what this is this is going we don't have the resources to gather data to make a good decision. So we need to get some people to gather data for us. Yep. And that's fundamentally what they're doing. And then once they gather data, they make a recommendation. We look at it, see if it makes sense, see if it, see if it lines up with the actual data, then we can make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Two, I think the fact of the matter is where we're sitting at now, legacy is in a bad enough state that I, I'm willing to roll the dice. Yeah, I think getting people in there that care about the format they may not be perfect but getting people in there and even if they make some mistakes i think it's worth it right now because legacy is just not in a very good spot and without some change going forward i don't see i don't see how this improves clearly wizards isn't 
either interested or able to monitor this format and like maintain it. So I, I would rather have, obviously I would rather have Watsy making the decision rather than just random people. But I don't think, I mean, just looking at the list of the people they picked for popper, like clearly they know, they know enough to pick people who, or they at least got very lucky ones. Like, but they, they have shown the ability to, Pick a good starting draft. Right. So there's, there's a, there's, uh, so one of the, some of the stuff I read is like the people that they would pick probably, they might not even want to do it. They don't want that responsibility. Like, okay, fair enough. Yep. That then you're probably the person to pick. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've always said. Like anybody who wants power over people probably shouldn't have power yep. over people. And it's the same thing here. Anybody who like is like champing at the bit to get this job yeah. probably shouldn't have it because they might, I mean, maybe they could. Like, I wouldn't mind the job just because I I try to be pretty objective. I mean, I've said multiple mm-hmm. times that in under the right circumstances, Allosaur Shepard should be gone because in, yeah. it is an egregiously think, designed card. I think we've both advocated in some capacity for one of our decks having a banned right. card. Because what I want is the overall health of Legacy to be good. Yep. And I think a lot of content creators or, like, really big people in the Legacy scene probably feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, to be perfectly honest... One of the litmus tests I would go would I'd ask anybody if they want the reserve list gone or not, because most people and this is seems like a non sequitur. But if you say no to that, then you care more about money than you do about legacy. Yeah. Yeah. If you're and that's a fine position to take, but that's not somebody I want on this. I'm not saying you're wrong for having that position. And maybe you've got thirty thousand dollars in the reserve list and that is important to you that you're not wrong for that. But I don't want you making these decisions that that's what's important to you. Correct. Yeah. So that's like I said, I, I think it really boils down to we already put a lot of trust and power in Watsi as mm-hmm. far as the format goes. And if we can't trust them to pick people to give themselves advice, I say, then I don't know how yeah. we're trusting them to make the ban list in the first place. It's this whole like we have switched on this viewing change is maybe a good thing because we're just in the situation where we need change. It has to happen. And so I'm willing to work with whatever change they're going to give me within reason. Yeah. Uh, maybe one more thing is. You know, Matt, you and I, a perfect example, have very different opinions on what should be banned and why. Yep. And I mean, like, they obviously can't make everybody happy. They cannot pick a person who has my opinion where I want people to be able to play with their cards within reason and has your opinion where you don't care what's banned. We want the format to be healthy and relatively fun. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Within reason, obviously. Within reason. What are they going to do? They can't make us both happy. Well, that's why there's an odd number of people on the committee. (laughs) <laughs> that's why they pick seven and not eight just do votes <laughs> well i mean that's i imagine that's what the committee at least to some degree is going to do yep. they're going to go hey they may not all vote on the cards they want but say they go okay we're going to vote on this card majority yeah. rules I'm, I'm sure it opens up with a large bit of discussion right. and then we yeah we have but some eventually kind of a vote. we have to we have to condense the data down into what we're going to hand to wizards as yeah. our recommendation. Yep. There's a reason that all, I mean, the Supreme court has nine justices for a reason. Yep. You don't have even numbers yep. <laughs> in these kind of like decision-making groups. Same thing here. And it's, it, it stands a reason that whatever reason they come up with is probably going to Watsi too. Like I doubt they're going to hand Watsi a piece right. of paper that goes, yes, no, yes, no, ban, unban, unban. And Correct. it's, it's going to be, you know, here's our tiered list. Here's the, here's the top four cards. We think are a problem. And here's why. Yeah. Here's the matchup. Like, if you talk to some of the, like, I'm not the guy that, like, I would love to be on this just as, cause I, I have a pretty good BS detector, mm-hmm. but like, if you talk to the real legacy people, like if you were talking to Brian Cook, he's going to be able to go through like 
the top 15 decks in Legacy. Yeah. And tell you what beats what and why. Yep. And then he's going to be, in general, going to be able to look at these matchups and go, this card's problematic here. Like, if, we, if we've got something that's causing issues. Yeah. And he'll give you, an, he may not be correct every time, but he's going to be giving you valuable in, input on what needs to go and why. Well, it'd be really cool if we could get to do it. It's not going to happen. That's fine. But like, it'd be cool. There are so many better choices. And just for these like empirical, impartial people and uh, some great names I've heard tossed around like Jarvis, you. Yep. Oh, Uh, he'd be fantastic for this. uh, Joe Dyer. Yep. Uh, Do you know know Joe Dyer by name? You you know his work, but you might not know by name. So do you know, you've seen the charts every week of all the spice or spice and and, um, all the challenges and mm-hmm. the, I, I think Joe Dare does device and semi spice. I'm not going to be positive on that, but I know he does. He's the one that they collect all the data from challenges. Yeah. They, they go and through, they watch posting the metagame analysis. They watch all the reruns. They post metagame yep. analysis. He'd Huge. be perfect for this. Yes. Joe Dyer, someone like him, very numbers oriented, very impartial, very just interested in the health of the format. Like people like that, that just put, they put the work in. They seem to not care about their deck. They care about the format. And, to circle back to the question I asked you, like, well, how do they ban a card that, you know, you like the ban list looking different than me liking the ban list? That's Eda. just how ban lists work. Yep. I mean, that's just like, like, well, like that question supposes, there's no way to make it so that we're both, like, we're both happy. And obviously there's a happy middle found in there somewhere, but ideally we'd end at a fun format that's ha- that's fun to play. And, you know, well, and there's ways if, to measure that too. You can look at growth of the format. Yeah. I was going to say that, you know, that criteria is, is un, unattainable. So like that can't be your if if they can't make me happy and Matt happy, they shouldn't even do it. Well, that's kind of ridiculous. That's right. impossible. Like it's the the fact of the matter is, and this is one of the things that I just I can't get over. These decisions are already being made. Yep. Would the question is, would you like the legacy community to have input or not? Yeah. Like like well, that because that's fundamentally what the question is. Yep. Watsi is announcing or has announced they're making these decisions somewhat in the blind. And they're willing to make these decisions less in the blind. Correct. Let's I give it a shot. I don't understand yep. how this has got any sort of downside other than if you're worried about something like the rules committee just banning cards they don't like. Yep. But I mean, the people they pick, do you think these people would pick like the type of people they would pick wouldn't do that? Yep. And like, and like you said, with the same thing with this form, like if they go in and they just muck it up and they do stupid things and the community hates it. I'm sure Watsy isn't afraid to be like, hey, guys, you fired. Right. Because we don't pay you anyways. Yeah, probably. <laughs> your checks your, in the mail, bud. Here's your proxies. Yeah. <laughs> or your, you your, judge your judge promo, promos. Your judge promos. Yeah. All right. I think we're starting to talk in circles. So yep. as we kind of wrap that up, that was going to have our, like, our really fun topic today. Was there anything you want to cover on that before we move on to the end of our show? No. Like I said, I just, just to bring it all around, not that any decision is all upside, but like I don't see the downsides like this is this would be a net positive and i think the downsides are very minimal yep because the ban like i said this isn't just empowering a group of people to ban our cards this is picking some people who know some stuff about legacy and talking to wizards yep. that's what the role i is. would say the juice is very much worth the very squeeze. much worth the squeeze all righty well as we wrap this episode up i do want to remind everybody once again we are proud members of the plain soccer's podcasting network Check out twitch.tv forward slash Plain Soccer's podcast on Mondays around 7 Eastern Standard to check out the Plain Soccer's podcast for anything you need to know about Standard. And check them out on Wednesday for some really fun casual commander play. And if you keep an eye out, we're trying to schedule some fun CDH stuff. Maybe once in a blue moon, hop on and play some, some real CDH games. Yeah. 
If you want to keep an eye on when those are coming up, hit the Discord, discord.plainsoccerspodcast.com. While you're there, make sure in one, let them know we sent you. Two, hit up our channel and say hello. And then three, sign up for a Commander game on Spelltable. Once you're done on the Discord, make sure and check out the Leaving a Legacy podcast. I'll make sure and get their stuff linked down in the bottom below. And once you're done with that, check out the Soccer's podcast. They are available, actually much like Leaving a Legacy, pretty much everywhere we are. So if you're listening to us, you're probably on a website or a podcatcher that has access to them. If you want to reach out to us in a more personal manner, hit us up at uh, cantripcartel at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook page. It's just Cantrip Cartel on uh, Facebook. And you can even at us on Twitter at Cantrip Cartel. Yep. So if you want to argue with us about this, yep. yeah, that's let us, where you go. Let us know all of your wonderful arguments why you don't think a uh, popper committee thing for Legacy is a good idea. And I would be glad to have a pleasant discussion. Or screeching, whichever one. That's how the internet works, isn't it? Pleasant yeah. discussions. Pleasant discussions. Yep. That's, that's all there is. Yep. <laughs> well, Matt, is there anything else you want to cover this week? No, I think we're good. All righty. Well, I think we're all wrapped up and we will see you guys next week. All right. Have a nice night, guys. Um, in response, I'm going to, in response to the counterbalance trigger, the cast brainstorm. Yep. You would. <laughs> <laughs>